to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. And today's podcast is really special because it isn't every day when you get the opportunity to sit down and talk to someone who you hear so many great things about. You admire the way they carry themselves in life and they just leave you in awe from their work ethic, their character, and their ability to convert all of that into success. John Heffernan, the coach of the mighty St. Edward Eagles, does all that. So I think you will find this pod, this podcast to be very special. Hey, thank you for listening to the podcast and make sure you're following the podcast on social media. You can follow the Chris Williams Podcast Hour on both IG and Twitter at the Chris Will Pod and on Facebook. It is simply the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. As I said before, and I'll say it again, all of our podcasts are good. So enjoy the content you are familiar with and try the stuff you're not, you don't know about. You'll actually learn something from it. And more importantly, you'll get hooked. So today's superhero podcast with John Heffernan is brought to you by our sponsor, Yes Palettes. Yes Palettes is the palette removal, waste removal, and recycling removal company that places risk mitigation, OSHA compliance, and customer-obsessed service first. They can upscale at a moment's notice and remove barriers to provide you with a safe and clean working environment. Once again, thank you for listening and enjoy this superhero podcast. This is the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. I still feel 25 most of the time. I still raise a little cane with the boys. Honky tongues and pretty women. Lord, I'm still right there with them Singing above the crowd and the noise Sometimes I feel like Jesse James Still trying to make a name Knowing nothing's gonna change what I am I was a young troubadour When I wrote it Song. I'll be an old troubadour when I'm gone. Welcome back to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. And today I have the leader of the mighty St. Ed's wrestling team. In 2018, legendary head wrestling coach Greg Urbis stepped down and turned the keys over to one of the greatest machines in the history of high school athletics. Without hesitation, this young man took over and continued the great tradition of championship wrestling. He recently led the Eagles to their 40th wrestling title. He himself is a former Ohio high school state wrestling champ. He went on to the University of Iowa where he wrestled for the great Hawkeyes program, and he became a two-time college All-American. Please help me welcome to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour a real-life superhero and good guy, the head coach of the St. Ed's wrestling team, Coach John Heffernan. Coach Heffernan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Not a problem at all. So, Coach Heffernan, again, welcome to the podcast. 
thank you for coming on to share some of your incredible stories, memories, and knowledge. Now, as I tell all my guests, the podcast doesn't work unless you tell your stories and shamelessly plug yourself. And I know that's trying to go on outside of your comfort zone, but that's the only way this works. All right, we'll see if I can do it. All right. All right, Coach. Let's start with this. So you come from a family that is tradition-rich in wrestling. How did you, John Heffernan, get your start in wrestling? And also tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what your family was like. I had eight brothers and sisters. Um, I'm the exact middle. I had four older, four younger. My oldest brother, Brian. Um, so, you know, to go back, I was born in Chicago. My family was originally from Chicago. When I was probably in kindergarten, my parents moved to Cleveland. My dad got transferred to Cleveland. Um, we moved in our Arizona area. We went to St. Richard's grade school. Um, my brother, Brian, was a big guy. He was the first state champ ever seen as was a Pennsylvania. Uh, and the rest of the equipment was St. Richard's and Pang. Came to a football practice and did a heavyweight. That's what we wanted to wrestle. And, uh, my dad at the time said he can wrestle, but he has to take his little brother with him. That's my brother, Jim. I was still probably in kindergarten at the time. So Brian and Jim went to wrestling, and that's how it started. That came a couple years later, probably second grade I started. My dad oh, was a basketball wow. player in high school, you know, didn't know anything about wrestling. It just was happened at the, uh, the football coaches, the wrestling coach in St. Richard's with the football practice and needed a heavyweight. And that's how we all got started in wrestling. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, at what point did you know that wrestling would be your ticket? Did you compete in any other sports? Yeah, when I was a kid, I mean, I think it's important. Um, and I played football, uh, wrestled in the winter, played soccer and baseball in the summer. And then, you know, okay. I played football again all the way through grade school. You know, I would spend whatever season it was, that was, that was the main thing. I would, I would practice football every day. I would practice wrestling every day. I would practice baseball and soccer every day. And, uh, you know, just keep it going. My dad was, you know, my mom especially was rocking sit around the house. You're out doing something. She didn't want us in the house, especially in the summertime where, you know, literally we were gone from, you know, when we wake up until the streetlights were on. We'd come up, we dinner, and she didn't want us in the house. We were out doing something all the time. Okay, okay. Now, I have to ask you this because, you know, times have changed. So you see kids nowadays who just want to stay in the house and play video games. I mean, what kind of conversations do you have with, you know, potential youth wrestlers that, you know, you see them, they, they just want to play video games and they're not dedicated to the sport. Do you run across that often? Oh, I see it all the time, yeah. It's, you know, it's, the more well-rounded you are, the better you are. Um, and all things, not just wrestling, you know, athletics, but all things. Um, part of growing up and being out playing all the time and doing different things, learning how to socialize with people and kids, and, and that's a big part of growing up also. Um, you know, as far as I think, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, discourage anybody, but you know, I don't think it's really necessary to specialize in a sport that young. I think you should experience all. If you like athletics, just if you like something, do it. Especially at a younger age, because all this cross training is going to help you. By the time you pick the sport you want, anything you do in athletics is going to help you in the, in the sport you pick. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, before you got to high school, how much time did you dedicate to the sport of wrestling? Um, 
you know, like I said, I was I was a four month guy. I played football in the fall. I wrestled from probably November to, to March. And you know, the thing about me when I was probably since I was second or third grade, I became a big fan. And my older brother Brian started wrestling St. Ed, so I started um, really following the sport. You know, I can go back to I was in third, fourth grade and play the good guys all around. You know, stat guy I could tell you who beat who, and I still remember all that kind of stuff growing up. Um, so I became a f- big fan of wrestling. But, um, okay. But I wrestled literally four months of the year, and like I said, I played other sports and did other times. It wasn't until right. probably my junior year in high school that I really uh, specialized in wrestling. Oh wow! Okay, okay. Now <laughs> you had to follow in some some pretty big footsteps. Like you said, your brother was the first individual state champion at St. Ed's. So what kind of pressure was that for you coming to St. Ed's and, you know what, carrying the Heffernan name? So, well, my brother Brian was the first state champ. My brother Jim, who's two years older than me, was a, um, was a two-time state champ and is uh, an NCAA national champ in Iowa. And actually he just uh, retired. He was the head wrestling coach at the University of Illinois. He just retired this week. He was a coach there for 29 years. But, uh, so, you know, growing up, I, knew, I didn't know any different. You know, these are my brothers. My brothers were always good. I didn't look at it as pressure. I just looked at it as my brothers did. And they were good at it. And hopefully I could be as good as they were. It wasn't, you know, my brothers that I had to do it. It was nothing like that. I never got pressure from my parents. Um, but it was just, that's how I grew up. My kids, my brothers were good. I just wanted to be just like them. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, and I know you said that uh, it wasn't until your junior year that you, you know, specialized in wrestling. But when you were, and I'm going to ask this question because I see so many parents trying to live vicariously through their kids, whether it's wrestling, football, baseball, you know, sometimes the parents want the success more than the kids. So for you, was drilling, you know, practicing wrestling like a job? Was it fun or was it something that drove you? And you spent pretty much every waking moment thinking about it. Like you said, you got into wrestling and you watched it. You became a fan. Yeah, you know, I got um, – so I played football for St. Ed's when I was a freshman and sophomore. And then um, I was a quarterback. It wasn't very good, but I was a quarterback. And then I, when I was a junior, I wasn't going to play football. And then um, we had, like, three quarterbacks get hurt. So we are down to the JV quarterback and a freshman. So Coach Flaherty found me and said, we need you to come out and just at least practice with the team because we need a backup quarterback. So this is just for, for like one week. So I came out and practiced with the team, and then all the quarterbacks came back, so I just kind of stood there or uh, finished the season out. I got in the wrestling season that year, and I was pretty good, but I, was, I started two years at St. Um, mm-hmm. When I was a junior, I uh, made it to, to a state tournament, and I lost in the quarterfinals. And I uh, didn't play some state tournament. Back then, your guy had to make it to the finals and follow through, and I, my guy lost the next round. So I got knocked out. I remember at the state tournament at that point, I said, I'm either going to be good at this or not good at this. That's when I kind of decided I'm going to start focusing on wrestling and doing what I have to do. And uh, that summer, I had a really good summer. I, and I went to a bunch of tournaments, traveled basically all over the country, wrestled a bunch, you know, won some big tournaments, beat some good guys, beat some college guys. And, uh, that's when I really kind of dedicated myself. Okay, okay, all right. And, and thinking back to those times, 
So when you were just getting started, is there any one thing you wish you could go back and change just just starting out your wrestling career? Oh. Uh. Yeah, I was telling myself how to wrestle left-handed earlier. Like, when I was in college, I hurt my knee real bad, my right knee. Wrestling kind of different. With left-handed and right-handed wrestling, people kind of don't realize that. But I started wrestling left-handed in college because I decided to teach myself how to do it. Because I hurt my right mm-hmm. knee real bad and couldn't bend it and stuff, so I had to change my style a little bit. And uh, if I had to go back and do it again, I probably would have started off wrestling left-handed. But, you know, oh, wow. I tell my son how to wrestle left-handed. It kind of helps you when you're wrestling. Okay. All right. And now is that something that you try to drill with your your guys, your coaching now? Is that is that, is that something you try uh, to add to their repertoire? I said, uh, no, I don't really push it that much. Um, obviously, when I show, show technique, I show left-handed. But Okay. But no, I don't push it that much. Okay. All right. Now, St. Ed's has been a big part of your life. So, you know, you, you talked about, you know, your relationship with, with family, St. Ed's, and the wrestling program. So talk about how important that is to you and what a great feeling it is for you to be the leader of the St. Ed's wrestling program now. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, obviously St. Ed's means a lot to me. I you know, went to high school there, and then I've been back. You know, when I went to college, I came back. I've been in Ed's now. This will be my 31st year there. So, um, really, my whole adult life, I've been probably in Ed's wrestling. Um, I was able to work with Coach Irvis for a number of years. And Coach Irvis is still there. Uh, I think it's important um, to give the kids the opportunities that I had when I when I grew up. And you know, Coach Ferguson back in the day gave us the opportunity to uh, wrestle at a high level and and uh, brought a lot of different college coaches and different people in for clinicians and stuff like that. And, you know, and expose us to the highest level of wrestling. And um, that's what I try to do is, is, is you know, try to give kids the same opportunity I had. And uh, you know, try to keep the tradition going and saying that that's one thing I'm proud of is our longevity. And we've kept this thing going for a long time, almost a half a decade or half a century now. And that's a pretty incredible feat to keep, out, to keep it going that long. And uh, the other thing I'm really proud of is the uh, success our kids have in college. You know, we just uh, okay. we had a streak of 28 straight years of Division One All-American, which is uh, you know only matched by three or four colleges. You know, other than that, there's three or four colleges in St. Ed that had a streak that long for uh, NCAA Division One All-American. So, you know, the success wow. we had in college at the college level is pretty is uh, what I'm really proud of. Also, okay, all right, and those guys they come back and and. You know, they, they practice with the current guys. How, what's that like? Is it oh, just yeah. during camp? Uh, well, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas break are, you know, for me it's the best time in wrestling. We college guys come back and, uh, you know, they got beat up a little bit when they were in high school and they want to give it back to the high school kids. And, and it's, it's a great time for our high school kids to learn. It's a great time for our college kids to come back and share their experience. And, uh, you know, I'm always trying as a coach, trying to learn new techniques and new new. Uh, I guess theories and new ways to do practice, and uh, so I'm always picking the college kids' brains. What, what do you got to do in practice? What do you teach here? What do you do here? You know, it's a good way for me to learn how to be a better coach, and it's a good way for our kids to be better by wrestling better competition. Okay. Okay. All right. And just to touch back on your years wrestling at St. Ed's, so 
Was wrestling at St. Ed's better than what you expected? And did it, it, did it meet your expectations, or did it leave you less than satisfied in any way? It, did not, it, did, it definitely did not leave me uh, not satisfied. I was very, very happy with my career. Um, I was a one-time state champ, played one time. But the best thing about my, my uh, experience in St. Ed's is I met some really good friends who I still have good friends with to this day. Um, I learned a lot. I was exposed to a lot of wrestling. I was able to wrestle at the highest level, at the high school level. Um, it was something I really enjoyed. And like I said, that's a big reason I coach now. Is I want to give, I try to give kids the same experience I had. So uh, I look back very, very fondly on my days at St. Ed's Wrestling. That's awesome. That is awesome. Let's talk about your state's championship year, 1984. So do you remember what your record was that year? Yeah, I was 27-0. I actually hurt my knee. Um, the day we were supposed to play, they were, we were supposed to wrestle St. Ignatius. I hurt my knee. And back then, um, arthroscopic surgery was just starting to come around to a new thing, and I had oh, wow. my knee scope the day we wrestled Ignatius. And that was four, four weeks before the sectional tournament. So I had my knee scoped, and then so I missed about four weeks of the season, came back to sectionals, and then won sectional stitches in states. Wow. That, that's huge, especially at that time when they were, you know, the like you said, the arthroscopic surgery was kind of new. So that's a hell of an accomplishment. All right. Yeah, so kind so of what's the 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 Probably winning the state, not you know, winning the state tournament. Um, just the camaraderie I have with my friends. You know, I, I, you know, I really give a lot of credit to my wrestling success to a guy named Tim Walsh. She was the assistant coach at St. Ed's when I was there. Tim was a younger mm-hmm. guy. He was a St. Ed's uh, state runner-up in 1977, I believe, or 76. He went and wrestled at Auburn and came back. And then uh, I used to wrestle him, and we used to have some wars in the wrestling room, and and I learned a lot of wrestling, a lot about wrestling, wrestling him. And um, I look back at my time at St. Ed's, and of course, Coach Ferguson was the kind of captain of the ship. But uh, I learned a ton from Tim Wells. And wrestling with guys on the team, but um, I used to really enjoy and even come back and working with Tim Wells. And uh, you know, that's what I remember most about my, my years there. Okay. That's awesome. All right. So you go from 84. Being a state champ, you wrestle for the great Howard Ferguson, and you move on to Iowa, and you wrestle under another great coach, Dan Gable. So, first of all, how did Kurt, Coach Ferguson and St. Ed's prepare you for moving on to another a, another great level of wrestling in college? Yeah, I think about uh, Coach Ferguson, I think, tried to gear his program toward the Iowa program at the time. Um, we used to have long, brilliant practices. Um, and kind of, we did the same thing at Iowa. Iowa was known for its hard work, and we just kind of outworked everybody. And Ferguson wanted to do the same thing. So that aspect, I was um, really ready for. Um, I had hurt my knee. My uh, after the state tournament, I went into Iowa. This tournament um, it was called Junior Nationals. At the time, it was in Iowa. Now it's in Fargo, North Dakota. But uh, 
at that time I tore my knee up, so I tore my posterior cruciate ligament. So I had my knee reconstructed, oh. knee reconstructed, and, and so I didn't wrestle my first 12 months on campus. Uh, didn't step in the mat. I would go to practice, lift weights, but I couldn't wrestle. So I kind of sat back and watched and learned, and that kind of hurt me a little bit as far as my development for wrestling, but um, really toward my maturity, toward college and everything, it was probably, probably a pretty good thing for me. Um, so to answer your question, Coach Ferguson in this program really um, did prepare me pretty well for Iowa because it was very similar to what we did in practices and uh, the way we trained. But obviously, you know, I was a little more of a uh, intense um, situation every day. Just with the guys who wrestled mm-hmm. the national camps and NCL Americans every day. You had to be ready to go every day or you ate your butt kick. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, you really did a good job in fairness. Okay. All right. Now, just looking at the coaches, what was it like wrestling under Coach Gable? And what similarities did you see in Coach Gable that you saw in Coach Ferguson? And what were the differences, if any, that you saw in both coaches? Well, the, the, the biggest thing um, they were alike is that they expected your best. They, they, they um, you know, when you're in the room for two hours, they expected your best, your best for you, you know, I should say. Um, there was no such thing as a bad day. You were there they were going to have a good day of practice. They were going to make sure you had a good day of practice. If they had a, you know, a famous quote by Lou Holtz in the, uh, in the first book he had that says, we're going to have a great practice, two-hour practice. If it takes us six hours, we're going to have a great two-hour practice. And that was kind of the mindset. We just had a, you know, certain things were going to get done. It didn't matter how long we were going to do them, we were going to do them. Um, the difference is where, you know, Coach Ferguson, everybody was the same. We were the same. We had to do the same thing. We had to wrestle the same. We were like, you know, um, you know, really, we just did everything the same. So it's his way or the highway, basically. Coach Gable was mm-hmm. way different than that. So he had, if you were good at one thing in wrestling, and I think that's why he's such a good coach, is he, he lets you be your own person. He lets you, um, when you wrestle, we didn't wrestle the same. If you're good at something, he lets you do it. You know, if guys didn't like doing certain things, he would kind of work with you. As long as you're putting the work in, what he expected of you, and you're competing and winning, um, and certain things he didn't like to do, like some guys just didn't like to run. We ran a lot, but guys just didn't run because hurt their knees or whatever, and he'd work with them. Some guys didn't like to, um, you know, do whatever. We do these crazy buddy carries and stair, stair climbs and all this other stuff, and some guys just couldn't do it for different reasons. He'd work with you. But Ferguson, everybody had to do the same thing all the time. Not saying it's wrong or it's different, it was just different. And they both were very successful okay. what they did. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Now, of course, like we talked about, you were a two-time All-American in Iowa. Talk about the grind. And the reason I ask you that is so that young guys that are listening, they get a better understanding of when you go off to college, it is, first of all, you like you said, everybody there is an All-American that you're competing with. They've whatever you've done, they've done it, and maybe even better. So talk about the grind and the feeling of accomplishment that you had, especially at Iowa, which is, you know, a prestigious program. Yes, yeah, so we were um, we were expected to win every year. My first three years there, we were national champs, and then my first two years, three years they were national champs, and then uh, we were runner up twice. I think I'm right. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, it was competitive, very competitive. Um, the thing I liked about it was competitive in practice every day. Every day we're competitive in practice. Um, what I remember most is, is when you wrestled, you know, and, and Gable was really good at, at making us perform best at the most important times. The worst times in January where I wrestled and I felt like total dog crap. I just lost the guys that probably shouldn't have lost to him. It just kind of didn't, didn't, just felt awful. But he'd always say, that's part of the plan. You know, he didn't want us losing. So he goes, you're going to feel better in March. You're going to feel better in March. You're going to feel better in February and March in the count. And I can remember my first year I started, my first, you know, I started my third year there. Um, as a redshirt freshman, I sat behind a national champion, a guy who took third. And so the next year I stepped up and didn't make the Big Ten tournament. You know, I was just, we had a long, we used to go two or eight practices, and they were, they were tough. They were, they were really tough. We'd be running and, and lifting in the morning, some wrestling, and we'd always wrestle hard in the afternoon. When I wrestled hard, we'd show up, warm up, and wrestle, and just kind of beat the hell out of the gym for an hour and a half. Um, you know, we did this about a month before we, we, we cut back. But I remember one day at practice, and I just said, hey, you know, we had practice was only like 40 minutes long, and I was sitting down, and I said, man, I feel like I should do more. He goes, that's how I want to feel, and I'll go home. You know, you're going to feel good you know, in a couple of days. And he did. At the end of, you know, we wrestled Big Ten to Nationals. I felt like I was walking on air. I just felt refreshed. I felt um, uh, my mind was good. You know, we did a lot of mm-hmm. things. work on our mind. and We did a lot of uh, uh, sauna stuff and just, you know, recovery stuff. Um, so we did beat the hell out of each other for a few or four months, and then he would cut way back and, you know, I just remember feeling physically and mentally feel good going to the Big Ten National Tournament every year. Okay. Wow. Wow. So I, I, that, I did not expect that. That is, that's a lot of work. So you guys, and like you said, come match time, you were ready to go, refreshed. Yeah. That's awesome. I kind of remember that. I keep that in mind now with our kids. And, you know, uh, with our schedule, we, we run a pretty national schedule, and, and and don't get me wrong, I want to win everything we compete in. Compete, compete, compete. But I always keep in the back of my mind that these tournaments in December and January where everybody in the country makes a big deal, I really don't think it's that big a deal. I really don't. And, you know, parents and other schools are thinking I'm crazy, but it really doesn't mean a whole lot to me. It means a whole lot to me if you keep wrestling in February and March. And it's all leading up to that. So when we go in these national tournaments in December and January, we may not do our best as far as we have Our coaches, we like them. 
Uh, there was a big controversy in the 1984 Olympics about one of our wrestlers being one of the wrestlers in this team, and there was a big lawsuit over it and went to court, and it was a whole, and literally we, they hated us and we hated them. So when we wrestled oh, wow. on the stage, there was, when we went there and wrestling, it was unusual. We would, you know, we saw our gym 15,000 people, they saw up there against 15,000 people doing wrestling. You know, they're fans of like us, and, you know, kind of, I used to love going down there and wrestling, and, and uh, you know, their fans would, would say things that you can't repeat, and our fans would say the same things to them. It was, you know, I loved it. And, I, you know, and Iowa State was a big rival, too, because it was an in-state rival for us. But uh, mm-hmm. Oklahoma State was our, you know, was our chief rival at the time, really. And Iowa State ended up beating us at, at uh, Nationals one year, but... Uh, And still to this day, you know, I still don't like Oklahoma State. You know, it's not against the kids. It's just a, just a whole, just, you know, big rival thing, you know. But, yeah. Actually, I never yes, lost to Oklahoma uh, State in a duel. I lost to a kid from Oklahoma State in an NCAA tournament once, but I never never lost in a duel against him. So I'm still kind oh, of wow. Okay. That's a big deal. That's a big yeah, deal. For, okay. It was for us back then, yeah. Okay. Now, was there an individual that you you always had on your circle or anything, or was it just I'll I'll wrestle anybody that they put in front of me? Yeah, you know, wrestling's a small world, so you get to know you know your opponents, especially you know at the big times you see them so much. Was Tyson Mitchell used to wrestle all the time? Joe Pantaleo, you know, who I'm as a friend with now. I never I was like I wrestled him three or four times. Uh, Oklahoma State had a couple guys that I wrestled that, you know, I really wasn't hip on wrestling, but I beat them. And then, uh, okay. The guy from Wisconsin that ended up beating me twice when I was a senior and actually hurt me twice. Well, I wrestled in high school a bunch, um, but he was probably my biggest nemesis in college. He named David Lee for Wisconsin. Who ended up being the NCAA champion. Okay. Nice. Nice. Okay. All right. All right. Well, fast forward. So, in 1991, you, you returned to St. Ed's as a, an assistant coach. So, talk about that transition, because I'm, I'm not sure. Did you rest, Did you coach at all after you finished at Iowa? How did you get into? Yeah. Coaching? So I, I, I uh, finished my competing in 1989. Um, the next season, actually, I went coach for a year in Miami, Ohio. Uh, which I really enjoyed. I loved, and uh, I was a young guy, still wrestled all the time. So we had a guy named one ninety pounder, Hamilton Manel, ended up being a uh, NCAA All American that year. So I, co- I wrestled with almost every day. So that was really neat to coach the guy. And then um, ended up moving back, going back to Iowa. I was part of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club where I trained for a while, and uh, mm-hmm. got a full time job. And then um, just wanted to get back in the Cleveland area. And so I get married. And, Talked my wife into moving back to um, Cleveland, which um, she always says it was a three-year, three to five-year proposition, but ended up being a 35-year proposition. So we got to – she never – she's still mad at me for that one, but I think she likes it here a little bit now. But, uh, but yeah, so I did. I coached in Ohio, then I went back to the Hawkeye Club, was, was kind of um, helping out the Hawkeye Club for a while, for a year, year and a half. Then I came back to uh, Cleveland. Okay. Awesome. All right. Now, so you were obviously able to achieve incredible team success as an athlete and a coach. 
So do you find it more satisfying or more gratification as an athlete or as a coach watching from, you know, just the team success from either point of view? Which which one is um, more satisfying to you? They're both really satisfying, but I would think that, you know, I can remember wrestling at the NCAA tournament, and, you know, literally my body hurt so bad that I, you know, when I took a shower, I wrestled seven or eight matches, took a shower, the water going, and it, it was the, but the self-accomplishment that I had, I just like, I still remember it being, you know, like no other feeling. When you coach, I kind of get that too, when the team does well and, and performs, and, you know, we just want to see a tournament this past month, and, uh, and it was a tough year. Everyone had COVID and other things, a lot of other issues and injuries. And, but the way the kids performed, I mean, I, it was, I was never so proud of a bunch of guys and, and just kind of felt really good for myself, but mostly really good for them. And um, so different, but it's they're both really good feelings, obviously. Um, I still get nervous. You know, as a coach, you get way more nervous. Uh, you get anxiety every match. It's, it's more drained mentally. Um, it's really mm-hmm. kind of draining physically too, but mentally it's really draining because you're worried about 14 different guys. Whereas you, when you're rushing, you just kind of you know put yourself in a little bubble and worried about yourself and what you had to do to get ready to wrestle. Where you know, coaching in high school, you have 14 ways and 14 guys you want to succeed. You know, my goal is to get 14 guys in the state finals and 14 guys to win the state finals. And if one guy doesn't do that, you know, you take it personally and you know, the losses hurt more than the wins they say. And, and uh, so it is kind of green, coaching, but it's, it's also a good thing when it's it really is a good thing when it's Okay, okay. Now you brought up COVID. So what kind of challenge did that present, especially in a sport where, you know, there's there's contact? Yeah, so we got shut so down what? right at the because we had a couple of kids with COVID and we had to shut down. So we had to kind of reassess the way we did practice and, and, uh, so we kind of limited the room. How many kids were in the room? So we had uh, a man in another area where we put a lot of our younger or newer wrestlers in another area. So we kind of started to keep kids isolated. Uh, you know, and it was just we dealt with like everybody else to deal with it. Just kind of told the kids, and the kids did a really good job of, of staying away from social situations, I guess, that came to school. They wrestled and they went home. That's what they did. And that's what we did. Is the coaching staff and everything else. And uh, you know, I feel really bad for the kids. Um, you know, they didn't get a full season. They did get a season. We, you know, we 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 had paired on our, uh, our schedule quite a bit. You know, we couldn't wrestle the mm-hmm. national schedule. We wrestled all Ohio teams, but we still got you know a fair number of matches in. And, and, and more importantly, we got to wrestle state uh, tournaments in this. Last year, um, 2020, we were just like taking the country that didn't get a state tournament. We were literally in the van, and we were going to state tournament. This is when the COVID started in March of 2020. So we did get a state tournament. The, the, the last things you were saying, Coach, went out. You went on on me on that. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? That's okay. I, I can hear you clearly now. So what I was saying is, you know, in March of 2020, uh, we were the only state in the country that didn't get a wrestle state tournament. So we were in our vans getting ready to go to the state tournament, and they shut us down. And we had to tell the kids, and the kids took it hard. They did. You know, a lot of kids are crying and a lot of other, other things. Uh, fast forward to a year, 
um, we did get to wrestle state tournament. It wasn't uh, the state tournament we normally have. The Christina High School is just Division One. So it was a state tournament nonetheless, and uh, so the kids got to experience that. So um, okay. that aspect, it was good. Okay. Now, has has COVID provided you provided you with, you know, anything new? Like, like you went into it, you, like you said, you had to do, you know, you had to limit the number of kids that were in a room, certain areas they could work in. Were you able to gain anything from it so that next year? when we're going into this thing full tilt, that you can add that to your repertoire. Yeah, I had to be creative as a coach. And uh, I did things coaching-wise where, you know, in the past we had so many kids and we did so many things, just, you know, let the kids go. But this year I had to be more creative on what we did in practice to keep the kids, um, one, going because uh, we, were, we were down on numbers because of COVID. A lot of guys opted out and didn't wrestle. So I wanted to keep the kids healthy. So we couldn't just kind of beat, beat up each other, beat the guys up. We had to do other things in practice to stay healthy, to keep them doing so, get them better in wrestling. So in that aspect, I kind of, kind of just kind of made things up. And I liked that we kept doing it. And a couple of things that I really found out that were really good for the kids, and I think it helped them perform. And I think we're going to keep some of those uh, things we didn't practice last year. Nice. Can anyway. nice. Okay. Okay. All right. What has been your biggest challenge as a coach? Uh, you know, I would say the kids are awesome. Families are awesome. Sometimes parents, I understand this, sometimes parents get, because my son wrestled in high school and college, sometimes parents get wound up and get a little too, uh, too involved. Maybe that's not the right word. Parents get, you know, they kind of get on you about what the kid is doing or not doing or if the kid loses, it's my fault or, you know, something like that. And I try to put, put it in perspective that, you know, parents want the best for this kid and I get it, you know. So probably that's the hardest thing with, with uh, and, and I will say this about this past year's team, the parents were incredible. With the whole COVID thing, everything else, and they could have all bitched about a lot of different things. Not once did I get, you know, problems from the parents. So um, this year was a really, really good year for that. But I would say, you know, the biggest issue is, uh, you know, sometimes the parents getting, you know, thinking they know everything and getting involved a little bit. But um, it really hasn't been bad for the last couple of years. And, uh, and on the other side of that, the kids are awesome. The kids really are awesome. And a lot of, you know, sometimes, and that's one of the good things about coaching, one of the things that I enjoy most about coaching is finding what makes a kid go. Because, like, I bring it back to Coach Gable. Coach Gable treated everybody different. But he did that because people reacted different to different things. And if I tell, you know, wrestler X over here to go do this, and he says, he's never going to do it. I know he's never going to do it. So, wrestler why am I do it to make him better? i got to find out what's to make better wrestler X better. And they're gonna, that's part of what I enjoy about coaching is getting these kids to all in their own way working toward one goal. Because not everybody's going to do the same thing and wants to do the same thing and push themselves the same way. That's, okay. one, that's like the biggest thing I enjoy about coaching. That is a great coaching philosophy. That That is fantastic. So adapting, that's, and that's yep. a special skill. That is we a do special it. skill. 
every year is a different year. Every every team's a different team. Every kid's a different kid. And you know, okay. just because they were successful with one kid doesn't mean successful with another kid. Just because we did this year was successful, our team doesn't mean it's going to be uh, successful next year for, for for the team next year. We'll figure out what works for them and we'll do it. Okay. All right. Good stuff. All right. All right. Crazy question. So you've seen the ultimate success at St. Ed's. So how can you make the St. Ed's wrestling program even better than what it is? And what is your vision of the ultimate successful St. Ed's wrestling program? Well, St. Ed's is good for a lot of different reasons. I say the biggest reason is for good good wrestlers and good families. Another huge reason is the... uh, Theater system. So right now we have a couple of theater. We have West Shore Wrestling, which is a, uh, a kids program that we do at St. Ed's, which is run by you know uh, Charlie Agazino is the head coach there, and Gus Seiko, I guess, is the head coach. Gus Seiko, I mean, um, they put a lot of time on youth wrestling, and so a lot of our kids are, are you know been in our room since in second or third grade. So and, uh, Michael Zicky also has a club, um, the Wrestling Factory of Cleveland. Which you know, right down the street from us in Lakewood. So a lot of our kids um, that come to the program have been tutored by these great coaches and youth, which helps us a lot. And you know, a lot of these kids have been in our wrestling since technically great. Um, what's going to make us better? My 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 ambition, my goal is 14 state champs. And uh, you know, I think that most wow. we've ever had is uh, five. We had we've had as much as eight guys in the final. And we've never had more than five state champs. And, you know, maybe 14 state champs is unreal to get gold, but I always tell our kids, if you start the same edge, you're going to be a state champ. And if you can't be a state champ, the next best thing you do is third place or second place. Go for the next best thing. If you lose a match at the state tournament, um, don't put your head down and pout. Get ready to go and, and win your next match because the next best thing you can do is take a third if you lose before the final. So it's, and you're going to regret it later in life if you don't give yourself the best effort now. So the goal is always to get 14 guys, not only make it a state winning state. It may never happen, probably not. But, you know, I'm not losing I, I can't look at a kid in the face and tell him you're not going to win. I'm going to tell him your goal is to win the tournament. You can't look at a kid and say, you know, this guy's really good. But what about the next kid? Now, that would be a terrible coach. That would never be a coach like that. So, um, High expectations. Making kids wrestle up to the expectations. And I don't think they're really going to – and, you know, we're not always the best team, but we're always competitive, and, and we're going to find guys that want to compete. And being a competitive guy, it's like, kids, if you compete your ass off and you lose, I'm not, I don't care. I don't care. You know, it's not about winning and losing sometimes. It's how you compete. And, and, the, more, and the harder you compete, the more successful you're going to be. It's not just about wrestling skill and other things. It's about – the problem is about competing. It's about a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, back to my original goal of 14 state champs, you can't have that much guys help competing on top. So it takes a lot, a lot of things to, uh, a lot of things. So that would be, that would be, you said, what's your ideal goal, and that would be it for me. Okay. All right. Excellent. That is excellent. All right. Now, Coach, I reference you as a superhero. So, and like I said, in 2018, you were made the head coach of the greatest wrestling program in the world. Also in 2018, 
you saved the life of a student athlete. And the way it was described was that you were calm and cool. And that's what others said about you. So in my mind, that makes you a superhero. So if you don't mind, can you talk about that incident? Yeah, so what's helped me is I'm a fireman, so I've seen, uh, I haven't seen this incident before, but I've seen, I've been in situations like this before, so that helped for sure. I've experienced stuff like this before. So what happened was we had Cam Lorenzo, who was, who was a um, freshman, I think it was like his third or fourth day practice ever, and it was our third or fourth practice of the year, and Lorenzo, you know, was, we were going pretty good, and the room was pretty warm. Lorenzo's a big guy. He's a freshman. He was about, well, I would say he's at least 260, and a freshman he's a big dude. And uh, but he just kind of like uh, started uh, not looking good. And sat down, and then he laid down. And at that point, you know, Coach Urbis looked at him and kind of called called us over. And I said, "Just wait a second. Let's see what's going on." It looked like he started seizing. And when he started seizing, I said, "I, I stopped the practice and told every kid to get out of the room." So we entered the room. And uh, so I just kind of watched him seize for a little bit. And I said, you know, this is getting worse. So I had Coach Irvis call 911. And, um, so at that time, other coaches, we had a guy, Augie, um, our strength coach, was somewhere around the building, but he ran and got an AED. Um, I had started CPR on Lorenzo. Another coach was something to help, but we hooked up the AED. And a shock to the device, we shocked him. We kept CPR going until. Um, Lego Paradox came, you know, I gave him the, the, uh, the reading from the AD. They transferred him to the hospital, uh, took him to the Fairview Hospital, and then they uh, brought him down to clinical the main campus where he had surgery the next day. And uh, Lorenzo was oh, wow. uh, back in school doing fine now. He had, a, he had an issue with his heart, which um, uh, he had a physical as a freshman, and, and it was just one of those things. I think it was on large part. And I went and saw him at the Cleveland Clinic, the main hospital, and the next day, and I talked to the doctors there for a while, and they said, you know, the AD wasn't wasn't there, and uh, you guys didn't shock him; he was dead. It was, uh, oh wow! You know, and I was thankful for one my training as a firefighter because, like you said, that's the biggest thing I, I learned from that is staying calm. You know, a lot of people were running around, and I had a lot of help from a lot of different coaches, and it wasn't just me; it was the whole coaching staff. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was a, it was a one thing that I'll never, uh, never want to do again. It's different when you when you're at a fire, you're a firefighter, and you're out, and you're going to some people's homes, and it's sad. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't personal. This was personal because I knew Lorenzo and I knew a kid, and I was involved with him and stuff like that. And to have to do, to have to perform CPR and and uh, shock somebody with AED, especially a 14, 15 year old kid, that's experience that I never want to do again. Um, someone I know. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it not in the fire department, but uh, it's not the same when somebody you know about. And, and you know, so I think things worked out. You know, it's a good thing. I guess it was a good thing that we were around and we could help him because the doctor, the way she told me, this was going to happen to him at some point anyway, sometime. Um, I guess it's lucky that he was with somebody that some place that we had tools to to, uh, to help him between the. Uh, yes. CPR and AED. Okay. Well, what a blessing. First of all, thank you for your, your service as a firefighter. I appreciate that. You know, yeah. th- that really does make you a superhero, and you know what it's like every day. 
you know, whether you're a policeman, firefighter, nurse, doctor, you guys are the front line, so thank you. So, thank you, you, yeah. you know, me calling you me calling you a superhero, you get it. I mean, but but to do that and to have to live through that and something that you have to think about that, that's, wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. So thank you. All right. All right, Coach, getting close to wrapping this up. So I've done this to Coach Lombardo, Coach Flannery. So let's say I'm the best grade school wrestler in the country. I need you to tell me why I should go to St. Ed's and wrestle and why is St. Ed's the best high school in the country? Why well, I need to come to St. Ed's and wrestle because we'll wrestle. Uh, we'll do everything we can for you to get you to where you want to go. So what's your goal? What's your goal to be a national champ in college? You know, I can call, and I'm not just bragging, I can call any coach in the country and say, listen, I've got this guy wrestling. I think he's really good. I think you need to look at him. I can get you, you know, in the door you to go where you want to go. So I can call any coach in the country. We can give you experience every day in practice. We can wrestle a national schedule. We can do everything in the summer you want to do. And academically, we're going to be uh, not a better place. You know, right now, for this team right now, we have five guys committed to the Ivy League school. And, and another guy who probably is a junior who should go to an Ivy League school, he wants to go to Big Ten, so he'll probably go to Big Ten, but, but he could get in the Ivy League schools too. So, Academically, we were very successful. Um, uh, competitively, wrestling was very, very successful, and we're the most, not only the most, we're probably um, one of the most successful high schools that, that um, kids go on to do, do well in college. So what are your goals? I would ask the kid, what are your goals? Your goals to be NCAA champ. Well, you have to start somewhere, and it's the best place, at least in Ohio, to start right here. And, School-wise, I went to St. Ed's. My kid went to St. Ed's. My brothers went to St. Ed's. Um, not a better place, like I said, academically, athletically. Uh, anything you want to do, anything you want to get involved, you can find it. You can find it anywhere from, you know, if you want to play chess. I was at the school later, kids playing chess in the chess, in the chess club. If you want to, whatever you want to do, you know, if you're into, you know, we have, uh, one of our wrestling coaches does fellowship with Christian athletes. At the end of that, we have a great program with that. You know, academically, we could do the uh, IB program, other different kind of programs. So, um, outside the fact that, you know, it's just a great place to be in a great environment. You're going to learn a lot and make good friends. So that would be my first day. Anybody that would want to go to school, the rest of Excellent. I'm sold. I'm sold. Great job. Great job. Great job. All right, shameless plug time. So I need you to brag on yourself one more time. Plug any social media that you have, and more importantly, plug your wrestling camps that you have upcoming. Personally, I don't have any social media. I'm on Facebook, but I never post on it. I just kind of, you know, honestly, I'm on social media to watch what our kids are doing. I follow what our okay. kids, and I tell, I tell our kids this all the time, is that um, nothing ever goes away on social media. They can find it, and they're nice. So, especially our kids that are being recruited to a high level, um, they have people in college. They have that typically coaches are have these uh, people that watch your social media. So whatever you put, they're going to see. So I'm on social media a lot to protect our kids. Not protect our kids. If they see something that I don't think is right, 
I tell them you got to take this off. And 99% of stuff you put on there is, 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 is you know, okay. I've had I've had a call a couple kids and say you got to take this off. It's just not right. But um, so that's important. And I talk to our kids about social media all the time, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, whatever these kids are doing now. They have to be very careful. I I have social media, but I don't put it on. I put a lot of stuff on Saint Ed's Wrestling Twitter. It's just kind of way of, of passing on information. Well, we have a camp coming up June 14th to June 17th. We have uh, grade 7 through 12 from uh, 9 in the morning to 11.30, and then from 1 to 2.30 we have kindergarten to 6th grade. So that's the only camp we really do at St. Ed. Um, we wrestle uh, a lot in the summer with our kids. We uh, have club, freestyle club, and we wrestle a lot with the kids. Um, a lot of kids go do camps on their own. We only have the one camp that's at the same age. Okay. Awesome. All right. All right. Before we go, I, I, I want to play a speed round with you. So uh, I want you to say the the first thing that comes to your mind and a brief why. So are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. First one. The best St. Ed's wrestler of all time. Two This is my brother. But not just because of my nice. brother. Tim Heffern was a three-time state champion. He was a uh, four-time NCAA All-American. He was a three-time NCAA finalist. Uh, he was a pretty good dude. There's a lot of guys that I could say that are really good, but you can't go wrong with Jim Heffern. A lot of guys might say Alan Freed, Alan Freed was really good, Ryan Martinez was really good, but I wouldn't put anything past my brother. Not only because of my brother, but I wrestled with him four years in high school and four years in college. That's how good he really was. Okay. All right. The greatest Iowa wrestler of all time. Yeah, you're getting in trouble. I would have to say Tom Brand, but Spencer Lee is uh, current wrestler right now. Is probably going to be by the time he's done. We're not done yet. But right now, Tom Brand is a three-time NCAA champ, Olympic gold medalist. He was pretty darn good. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Now, if you could watch a match between. Two all-time great St. Ed's teams. Which two teams would it be? St. Ed's wrestling. Well, you know, when I was coaching, it would be uh, 1998 versus 2007. They were both national champs that year. Uh, that would be a hell of a match. 90, the 98 team had, had an uh, Olympian, Andy Robot. They had Ryan Bertino, the two-time NCAA champ. Michael Vicky was on the team. Had Nick Nemeth, who ended up being uh, a WWE star. He's Dolph Ziggler. And we had great yes. manners who ended up being the UFC champ. So that was a pretty uh, decorated team. 2007 was just a bunch of tough guys. That were, you know, we, we, uh, we won the Nationals that year, and we were a really solid team. So those two teams I would love to see. Okay. All right. What is the best individual match you've ever witnessed? Any level. Uh, hard to say. I would have to go back to when I was in college. I was talk about uh, we wrestled Oklahoma State when I was uh, my second year there. I wasn't a uh, I was a I wasn't a starter, but I was at the match obviously. Um, it was a there was a bunch of great matches. But a guy named Greg Randall on our team wrestled a guy named John Smith. John Smith was a uh, six-time world champ, two-time Olympian. Greg Randall just beat the yes. and then just uh, um, 
and then up hurting John Smith actually, but kind of beat the hell out of him. But um, I've never seen a, a place at the time when I was that old, and even now, place go crazy like that after one match. It was, it was crazy. Oh, wow. Fifteen thousand people there, and just just the excitement and the uh, the level was was crazy. So that'd be one. Of, I, it's just off the top of my head. It's probably way more than that. But that was pretty cool. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Last one. WWE or MMA? What do you prefer? Um, honestly, I'm not a fan of both or either one of them, but I would do M- uh, MMA. That's realistic. Um, okay. WWE, a lot of guys make a lot of money doing it. Like I said, I mentioned Nick Nemeth, who's Dolph Ziggler now and makes a lot of money, but these, these MMA guys are bad dudes. They're, uh, you know, I always yes, say I can never done it because I can't take a punch in the nose. I don't like getting punched. But there's some bad dudes. <laughs> guys, man. Yes. yes, they are. Yeah. All right. Well, Coach Heffernan, I thank you. It, it truly brings me chills to have you on my podcast and for you to sh- uh, share your success and your story. So I wish you continued greatness, and thank you once again for being a superhero and coming on the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. Well, thank you for having me. This was fun. Thank you.